Hey everybody, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. I have Chelsea Cora with me. How are you today? Hello, Lauren. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, Chelsea is an intuitive uh, healer, a tarot card reader, a divine messenger, and a podcaster. She has her own podcast, and she has quite the story that we want to chat about today. She had some struggles with addiction in the past, and she uh, stripped at one time, and um, one of her little things when I was reading about her on this um, podcast or, or uh, pod match um, platform was um, one of the you know suggested questions was, I went from, you know, stripper to spiritually awake. And I was like, wow, that's that's a good talking point. So I'd love to to hear about that. Um, but let's just chat about you. You know, where are you from? What's your story? And then how did you come from such struggles to so spiritually aware? Absolutely. I would love to share a little bit about my background and my story. So I was born in a suburb of Flint, Michigan, and that is where I grew up. And I grew up in a family that was generally well-resourced. My dad did very well financially in his career. So as a result, I was always well taken care of in a material sense. However, I will say that not all of my emotional needs, needs were met growing up. I think that that can be true of a lot of our households nowadays or just in culture in general, because we live in a culture that is waking up spiritually, but is still very largely asleep. That goes not only for the spiritual nature of our existence, but the emotional nature as well. We don't really know how to handle the feelings that we label as bad or negative. And so we tend to not deal with them at all. And that can lead to a lot of dysfunction. So in that sense, there was dysfunction in my household growing up. My dad could be considered a functioning alcoholic. There was codependency there was secrecy we repressed things like our feelings and sexuality and these other things so I was diagnosed with clinical depression when I was 12 years old I engaged in self-mutilation I was institutionalized and when I graduated high school I moved out like right away pretty much I ended up getting in a series of toxic and abusive relationships and at one point I did decide to become a stripper. It was actually right after I got out of a long-term abusive relationship. And it was after I had moved to Texas. I moved here originally because my older sister was here going to school and I just wanted uh, to get away from everything that I was from. And really I was just running away from myself and I wouldn't come to that realization until later, but I got out of an abusive relationship and I had this newfound sense of freedom. And I had always been intrigued by the sexual, sensual nature of the strip club, being somebody who had that repressed within me growing up. And also maybe the Scorpio sun sign has something to do with it, but I ended up being a stripper at 25. And this escalated for me an already problematic drinking habit because 
you know, when I went to the strip club, I had these very naive misperceptions about what that experience would be like. I thought all that I would have to do is get topless on stage and I was going to be showered in hundreds of $1 bills and I would just be rich or something. But actually most of the money that you make is through lap dances or your experiences in the private VIP rooms with clients. And so it takes sales skills. It takes conversation skills, charisma, right? All of these things that I didn't really have, but did learn to cultivate. So at first I felt like I needed to drink in order to even be in those situations. And although I had pretty strong boundaries for myself at the beginning of that experience, it didn't take very long for those boundaries to dissipate. And I started doing what is known as full service sex work, mm-hmm. both in and outside of the club. And I really reached a breaking point with that lifestyle. I remember I was actually on a trip with one of the customers I had met at the strip club. We were in Las Vegas together. And while this type of arrangement is not uncommon for women in that industry, it was my first time in such a situation. So if this had been a local arrangement, it would be something that would just last a set duration and then I could leave. But me and this gentleman were sharing a hotel room together. So I was just fulfilling this fantasy girlfriend role that I got very tired of very quickly. And it led to a breaking point. A couple of days into the trip, I remember just being in this casino uh, bathroom mirror and crying and just not even recognizing my own reflection and just asking myself, what am I doing here? Why did I come here? And who am I? Didn't even know who I was in that moment. And it wasn't just the recent events that led up to that breakdown, but really a whole lifetime of never knowing, right? And trying to find my identity in other people, trying to fill this void within myself with alcohol or other substances. And it was in that moment that I made a very pivotal decision. I decided that I was ready for a change. And I made, um, I left that trip in that moment. Basically, I took a red eye flight back to Houston, where I was living then. And the next day I went to an AA meeting and I stayed sober since then. So that was in 2018. And I took a break from working at the strip club in order to get sober. So like probably like three months, but I did end up going back and danced as a sober stripper for two more years. And that was when my spiritual awakening really hit me because I was learning all of these things in the program of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, which if anybody doesn't know, it is a very spiritual program. It's all about rediscovering yourself and stripping away layers of a false identity and developing a connection to a higher power, which is something that I didn't really have before. I had this you know, vague idea of a universe. And sometimes I would talk to it and I watched the movie, The Secret, which is a lot of people's entry point into spirituality. It was definitely mine. But at this time, I really started to cultivate a relationship with that higher power and with myself and with all these other people who were also building a life around sobriety. And I just started consuming all of the information I could that was out there via podcasts or YouTube or books about spiritual awareness. 
And one thing that happened, though, is I was sort of on this pink cloud of early sobriety, which is where everything started to feel really good. Life seemed to get a lot better. And then after a while, I kind of came back down and was faced with all of the underlying reasons why I ever drank alcoholically in the first place. Because the truth is that drugs and alcohol is a coping mechanism for something that's going on inside of us that we don't know how to resolve. So when I started going to recovery, what I basically did was replace those old unhealthy coping mechanisms of drug and alcohol for healthier ones of going to meetings, calling my sponsor or being of service in the program. And just like drugs and alcohol, those coping mechanisms, even though they were much healthier, they also ran their course. And I had another breakdown because I was having like these crazy existential crises every single month where I felt so overcome by my intense emotions and I was engaging in behaviors of self-sabotage. Like I had a partner at the time and I was constantly doing things to push them away, even though what I thought I wanted was a close, healthy, functional relationship, but I just couldn't have it. All of these things, stability just seemed so far out of reach for me. So I started looking for other ways to remedy this. And one of the things I naturally found was talk therapy. So I went to a therapist, I saw her every week, and I would bring my big bag of problems and we would unpack it together. She would give me more coping mechanisms that worked for a while until they didn't. And when those stopped working, I started seeing a life coach and a similar pattern took hold. And when that didn't work, I was really at another choice point. I said to myself, okay, either I can go on psychiatric medication for the third time in my life to quell these dramatic outbursts, you know, this unmanageable emotional state that I find myself in all the time, or I can heal this, whatever this is. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew that I was reading that spiritual literature that was very inspiring to me that told me you can heal from anything, you know, that talked about there's a God inside of you, that you are a powerful creator of your own reality, right? And so even though a lot of the external voices at that time, my partner, other people in the program, and even the life coach who I had been working with were all encouraging me to take that first option of being on psychiatric medication, I listened to my inner voice and I ended up being connected with an alternative shamanic healer who started telling me a story that was so much different than everything else I had been told up until that point. She told me that the reason why I was dealing with such emotional instability, the reason why I ever drank alcoholically in the first place, the reason why I ever felt suicidal, perpetually alone or misunderstood was because I had unhealed trauma. And she explained to me that trauma is simply an unprocessed emotion or experience that it might look like something that as an adult we look at and don't really think of as a very big deal to some of the more explicitly recognized traumas like abuse or neglect. And she told me that it's not helpful to compare traumas. It's not helpful to compare these unprocessed emotional experiences from childhood to other people's unprocessed emotional experiences from childhood because all of our experiences are valid. And, you know, the thing about trauma is that a lot of it exists in the subconscious and unconscious layer 
of our psyche, which means that consciously we're not really aware of it. And when we have these issues like depression, anxiety, alcoholism, overeating, overspending, perfectionism, being attracted to emotionally unavailable people, self-sabotage, all of the negative behavior and mindset patterns, that they are rooted in these traumas in the subconscious and unconscious layers of our psyche. However, when we seek to remedy them, we seek tools that deal with the conscious. We seek, just like me, 12-step programs, therapy, psychiatry, and these tools can be very helpful, but they're just inherently limited because they can only deal with the symptoms of our trauma, which is the conscious level. So we have to go deeper. So this shamanic healer, whose name, by the way, is Kim Pence, she started taking me on guided meditative journeys to uncover the source of my childhood trauma and heal it. And I kept seeing her week after week. And after a matter of months, I got the results that I had been looking for for years in my life. I had this, this newfound sense of emotional stability and inner peace. I, the social anxiety that I used to have, the fear of being around other human beings, which is absolutely a product of trauma, just seemed to fade into the background. And I wasn't engaging in these patterns of self-sabotage anymore and things were really, really looking up. However, the work was not yet over because what happened was my inner voice that had got me to this point in the first place started getting louder and louder. And my inner voice was asking me to get radically honest about what was and was not working in my life. So I had to take a look at the romantic relationship that I was in and see that actually it wasn't as emotionally fulfilling as I thought. And I had to make the decision to leave. I had to realize that the city of Houston, which is an awesome city, but is also a very dense concrete jungle, wasn't working for me. I had to relocate. So I made all these changes. I ended up quitting my job as a stripper and starting my own business as an intuitive healer and coach where I get to take people under the mentorship of the healer who I talked about, um, take people on these beautiful guided journeys to heal their own trauma and step into their own personal version of excellence. So that's kind of like my story full circle. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot more stuff that we can go into in between, but that's the overview. Wow. Well, thank you. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it takes bravery and um, it's a very inspirational story. I think everyone could say that they know someone or themselves who has gone through um, some form of addiction or sabotage or abuse of relationships, et cetera. I mean, it's unfortunately not, those are not rare things um, in the world. And so um, I think it's just continuing to tell people stories is so important. How did you find hope? And I, I really, um, I think it's so great that you did listen to your inner voice because that's a lot about what I talk about on the show is intuitive feelings, paying attention to those, your gut, you know, your gut feeling. Um, so even at one of your lowest lows in that bathroom, like you were able to feel like, who am I? What is going on? Like you, you were your, your higher self or whatever you want to call it was like speaking to you in that moment and you listened and then, you know, to have, um, you know, your ability to just be like, some of the stuff is great therapy, but it's like not really fully doing what I need. And then finding like that shamanic, shamanic healer, like, thank goodness, what a blessing to be able to be connected. I don't think that was an accident that you were connected with her. So, um, I'm just really happy that you're, you know, you are healed and you are healing because it's a lifelong, of course, journey yeah. and you helping other people will probably continue to heal you even, which I think is super cool. 
Um, so thank you for sharing that. And, um, yeah, I would love to talk. I, I think I've heard of this a lot too. And I, I believe this, I mean, my dad's a therapist, so I'm not knocking therapy by any means. I think it's important, but I think it's also important to touch on the spiritual aspect of things too. Um, I know for myself and a lot of other people, um, spiritual healers, mediums, energy healing, that can feel like years of therapy in just a few sessions sometimes. It's incredible because it's just, again, like you said, it's more fulfilling and it's the subconscious stuff that we just don't know about. And I think everyone has some type of subconscious trauma, whether you believe in past lives um, or again, maybe childhood stuff that you're not aware of, or even things that you like pushed away that you're like, I'm fine. That was like, whatever that could be affecting you. Right. So um I think that's that's why we're all waking, even culturally, collectively, right? To all this crazy stuff that's happening. There's been so much trauma packed down and we're mm-hmm. all feeling it together. So yeah. it's incredible. Um, so I don't know, we could take this a lot of different ways. I would love to hear more about um, what kind of stuff you're doing with like the healing um, with like, the shamanic healer that guides you. And then um, I had started like shadow work Um, what kind of things do you do like on a weekly basis just to kind of keep your healing going and helping other people? What are you learning about reading about? Um, yeah, I think whatever has helped you, I think that could be helpful for people that might be going through things like this. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said that healing can be a lifelong process. It's something never ending because I absolutely think that's true. And I think that every time that we heal, every time that we shed a layer, we are ascending into another level of consciousness. And with that ascension comes a lot of new possibilities and opportunities and ways that we get to play in this universe, ways that we get to express ourselves and share our gifts with the world. So for me, a practice that I continue to carry with me and cultivate is the practice of being the observer, right? Because Ultimately, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And the more objective of a lens that we can have about the experience, the human experience part, then the easier it can be to find those blind spots, those areas that have yet to be healed and to work with them without spiraling and completely being consumed by or identified with them. So there are always challenges that will come up for each of us. I know right now I'm working with lessons in forgiveness because as I have changed, as I have changed my relationship with myself and made healthier choices and been able to completely step out of an old paradigm that was that was layered with victimhood and poor me, life sucks, everything is happening to me into really claiming my own power and unapologetically infusing these spiritual teachings in everything that I do. I call myself a divine messenger because I feel like I'm always talking about the truth underneath, you know, underneath the layers of gossip or emotional immaturity that kind of permeate our culture. You know, I take it very seriously to say, no, this is, 
how this is how I see it from from a healed place rather than a wounded place. Right. And as I have done this, that has meant the death of my old self. And that has meant that other relationships have had to change or fall away as well. And one of those relationships is actually with one of my family members. She and I used to share a very similar mentality when it came to the world. We had some very strong critiques about capitalism, for example, and a lot of other political, social constructs that exist in our world. But ultimately, it was rooted in this energy of victimhood. And as I have reclaimed my power and said, actually, I'm not a victim. And actually, we don't share the same worldview anymore. It has led to this family member rejecting me and not wanting to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in turn, my emotions have mirrored her emotions and feeling like I want to reject her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the lesson here is how can I see that only a hurt person would hurt somebody else? And that the reason why she's doing this is because she thinks that I rejected her first, right? Because by, by choosing to ascend in consciousness, she can't meet me there because she's still choosing to experiment in the level of consciousness that her soul is choosing to experiment in. And so my lesson is how can I, how can I forgive her and love her where she's at and not hold on to a resentment? Right. So that's just one example because you asked me, right. What am I currently dealing with? What am I currently working on? And that is absolutely it. And in addition to that, I would say that I maintain a constant connection to my inner child because uh, a lot of times when we have a trigger come up in life, it's because our psyche has been wounded in some area and it, our emotions are messengers. They're trying to get us to pay attention to that wounded area of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So just tuning into whatever our inner child needs in any moment is a really powerful way to bridge that gap and to find out what's really going on when we seem to have a reaction that is way bigger than what the situation itself actually warrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a good point. Yeah, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> um, I feel <laughs> like I I resonate with, I mean, it's a different situation, but I've talked to a lot of guests. I've talked to a lot of other friends. I've talked to people, some that are going through spiritual awakenings. I know I have in the last few years. I mean, it's been more than a few years that I've been cons- consider myself a spiritual person, but I've gone like in the thick of it with like, mm. you know, like you were talking about parts of you were like dying away, ego death. I mean, really, that's what mm-hmm. I believe it is, right? A lot of us are going through that again, individually and collectively right now, but yeah. Um, I've lost, you know, a friend and I feel like uh, there's just been a couple of people that don't know how to relate to me anymore. And so I think, you know, we, you and I are just an example, like people are not alone. I've heard of a lot of friends losing friendships or things have changed with family members because of just even like physical things happening here, like whether it be like vaccination stuff or whatever to spiritual stuff and, you know, thinking people thinking you're crazy and talking about like divines within us all. And, you know, so I think that I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it just proves like you have to listen to your inner truth. Like that's where it starts. And if people fall out of your life, like it can be, you know, a thing and you have to process it, but maybe it just doesn't serve you anymore. Just like romantic relationships end a lot more than friendships typically in one's life. 
but friendships and stuff that can happen too. And it just means that maybe it was just like, it was a time and a place and it's not serving you anymore. So I think, um, it's really important to like, look at that when you're growing and going through things, it can be relationships that come to an end, parts of you that come to an end. And that's not always a bad thing. It's just making room for new, new things to come in. You know, one door closes, the other door opens. But, um, I think that happens a lot with people that are going through recovery, going through awakenings. And then also like just the shifts that are happening in society right now, I think it's happening more than ever. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that is part of healing is like, what's not serving you anymore in your life. Like you have to let go of that to like move on to the next thing. And it sounds like you've done that with many things. Um, and then, yeah, like the inner child thing that kind of, I feel like that's a good segue maybe to like shadow work. I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure. Like I know a lot about it, but, um, I know there is a lot of like trauma from our childhoods. And I also think a big part about being spiritual is I've talked to a former guest of mine a lot about this is like seeing he's channeled a lot of this in actually from the divine but um, looking at the world through like a child's eyes. And I look at my daughter, just like her wonder. She's so innocent. She hasn't been cracked by society yet. You know what I mean? Like we all start that way. We're loving. We're in the moment as children. Um, we don't have to worry about all the things and just looking at birds and like so excited about everything. Like if we could all do that more, like think how beautiful this, I mean, it already is a beautiful world, but like think how different our world would be and so I, I love that, like looking, looking at the, um, looking from like a lens of like a child's eye and looking in within to heal, like, you know, as a child. So I, I'm glad you brought that up, but how does shadow work play with all this stuff that we're talking about? Yes. I just want to say, I love that you said that about viewing the world through the lens of a child, because it's true. There's so much more magic and miraculousness in our worldview when we do that and connecting to our inner child can help us with that because we all have an internal inner child within us. That is the source of tremendous creativity and ingenuity and joy. And so our life completely shifts when we start making that connection. And this absolutely correlates to shadow work because inner child work is a part of shadow work. Yeah. It's another form of it. And what the, what shadow work is, I like to start by describing the human shadow mm. because when we're doing shadow work, we're working with the human shadow. So the human shadow is comprised of all the parts of ourselves that we either knowingly or unknowingly have rejected, mm. suppressed, or denied throughout our life. And it starts from a very young age because we start to learn from, we get messages from the world around us, whether that's through our caregivers or family members, peers, society at large, we get messages about what is an appropriate, acceptable, and good way to act and show up in the world. And we get messages messages about what is not those things. Mm. And those messages are going to be completely different depending on the individual's own unique lens and depending on the environmental factors of that individual's life. But somebody might grow up in a family that really values um, being reserved, mm. being reserved, being quiet, not really saying how you truly feel, not causing ripples or conflict in the environment. And so if you inherit the message that that is how you are going to be loved, 
is if you don't actually talk about how you really feel, then you're going to learn from a young age to repress that part of yourself. And a lot of it is probably going to be unconscious so that you're not even aware that you're doing this. And then in your adult life, you have this habit of never expressing yourself and it comes out in ways that are very unmanageable. Whenever we are experiencing dysfunction in our adult lives, it is because there's a shadow part of us Mm -hmm. that is trying to get its needs met. So when we talk about self-sabotage, for example, another way to look at that is that there are different parts of ourselves. So let's do the example of of me who was in a relationship where I wanted a partner who was close to me, a really good relationship, but I kept doing things to push them away. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of me that believed it was in my best, best interest to have that partner close to me and to be in a relationship. But there was another part of me that I was less aware of that didn't want any of those things. I wanted to be single because uh, being in a relationship meant being vulnerable, being vulnerable meant being hurt. It was not Mm -hmm. a Okay, right. So there's a part of me trying to keep me safe. So in that sense, there's really no self-sabotage going on because it's two parts of the selves that are fighting for what they believe is in the best interest. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is there's distance between our conscious and subconscious parts of our psyche. Mm -hmm. So once we start doing shadow work, we start to become aware of those unconscious subconscious parts and we begin to allow them to integrate, which is when we can start doing things that are in total alignment with who we are as a person instead of constantly backtracking on our goals. And then to finish out the example I originally gave of the person who maybe grew up in an environment where not talking about your feelings was valued. So they learned not to do that. They might have a dysfunctional relationship in adulthood where they just explode. Like, Mm. you know, they have these, these little tantrums maybe in their relationship that could be viewed from a trauma integration specialist point of view as a momentary age regression, Mm. right? Because from, from childhood they weren't able to get that need met of expressing Mm. their feelings so you see an adult who is who is lashing out maybe at their partner or other family members and they are um, trying to get revenge on them I've been in those situations before where like my partner maybe did something I didn't like and I was secretly um you know, giving them the silent treatment rather than just talking about my feelings, like a, like a healthy adult, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, so when it comes to shadow work, it's all about uh, illuminating those areas of ourselves that we weren't otherwise aware of. And it can take the form of inner child work practically. Mm -hmm. It can also take the form of something known as parts work, which is another shadow integration technique where you're just dealing with those parts directly. The part of me that is angry all the time or the part of me that wants to overeat or the part of me that is responsible for fill in the blank dysfunctional behavior. So it's all about going into the psyche and working with it directly. Wow. That's such valuable work. And it's like some people might be aware of some of the stuff that happened, you know, like some of the shit that happened in their life. But a lot of it is just like packed down there subconscious. They don't even know. So it's like, of course, how can we heal when you don't even really know where it's coming from or how to like, I guess, um, deal with it or I don't know what the right word is. But, 
you might know it, but you don't really see how it's playing a life in your or playing a role in your life, right? So that was a good example. Like adults basically having like a tantrum like a child would because they don't know how to regulate their emotions or they never had a family that fostered you know, like you were talking about, like repressing things. I think a lot of our trauma, not everybody, but there's a lot of repressed stuff in our like lives. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a huge thing to look at. But so where could one, you know, find someone obviously like you, I mean, I would say a lot of healers would probably be able to help with that, right? Like different mediums and energy healing. But would you, if you were, if someone's like dealing with some of this stuff, um, do you recommend that they seek out someone that specifically knows how to work you know, shadow working or like what, where would someone find, I guess they could find you, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. They could. I specialize in this type of work. And if they were just out there searching in general, the keywords to look for are shadow work, inner child work, Mm -hmm. anything that deals with the subconscious, anything that goes beyond the conscious realm. Right. And there are a lot of different techniques out there. And I know that the same medicine might not necessarily be for everyone. So it's really important that you follow your own interests and your own desires. What is calling you? You know, it could be emotional freedom technique. It could be breath work. Plant medicine might really appeal to you sacred sexual healing might interest you you know you want to let your soul lead the way and that beautiful inner voice to guide you on your intention to heal Mm -hmm. yeah that's nicely said um and I agree I've tried all types of different like energy healing and mediums and you know some I went to for like years and then some I've uh, gone like once or twice I'm like I just don't feel it so I think you really do have to like Mm -hmm. listen to like what's resonating with you your intuitive like guide like you know, but I think it's good to explore and just try things like you did. You were kind of like, I'm doing therapy, eh, coaching, you know, it's helping. Eh, and then you kind of like found this other thing. And I think that's what you do. You just keep It's a lifelong thing. Um, I know that I've had a couple meditations where I've had, I have like a fear. I've talked about this before in the podcast. It's weird. It like, I think I've subconscious, well, not subconsciously. I know I got part of it from my mom because she had the same fear. I also have been told and you never know, but I've been told in a past life that I might've been in a car accident, but I have a fear of like driving on the freeway. I never had that before. And it ha- started happening in my um, early 30s where I just feel like loss of control. That's bizarre because I used to drive on the freeway like literally every day. Fine, not a thought. And then I just like a panic attack in the middle of the freeway. And um, I did a couple of guided meditations where they take you back to your inner child and some of the things that happened and they walk you through it. Um, and then you can, and it may not have been something in the car. It could have been like anything, but that could be relating right to your current fear. Um, and I remember like some of the techniques they used were like comfort yourself as a child, like imagining you as that child in that moment where you were so scared, like hug yourself, love yourself, stay in comfort yourself until you feel that you're okay. And it's almost like you're able to heal what happened to you. Like, I think that is so powerful and such a cool technique. Um, because when else, if you weren't comforted by someone in your life, like the adult or yourself at that time, like how else are you supposed to heal that? I think that's such a beautiful thing to be able to go and like heal that inner child that was so afraid in that moment. So that's maybe one way, right? I think that's at the basis of what inner child work is all about because yeah, an unmet need can turn into a trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't get that need met by our caretaker in childhood, but now we are the only ones 
who can meet that need. And so it's so important to disrupt this cycle of self-abandonment that a lot of us are in because we didn't know better because that's what we did to survive the trauma in the first place and to go back and find that inner child and say, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. And what do you need? And listening to them, whatever that is, it could be something as simple as giving them a hug Mm. or comforting them, or they might offer you some really priceless wisdom about something that's going on in your current life that you had no awareness about mm. and they're saying hey um, you know this this friend isn't treating you very good and you deserve better I've heard my clients inner child tell them that mm, and they're like oh wow cool. yeah like there's so much insight mm-hmm. in our inner worlds and wisdom within our inner child that we also get access to these beautiful gifts right it's not just about remedying the dysfunction it's also about in the shadow there's also parts of us that are really beautiful right mm-hmm. like maybe somebody has a beautiful voice and wanted to be a singer but they didn't get to express that part of themselves because they were never seen during childhood because their parents were alcoholics or because they had too many siblings or whatever and going back to their inner child they're reclaiming these things and starting to express them in their adult Mm -hmm. life and it holds the keys to our own soul plan Mm -hmm. right and and expressing our life through our passions and our gifts that may have been stuffed so down we couldn't see them before. Yeah. That's really crazy that you said that because I literally, a good friend that I haven't seen for three years, she's an old college roommate. We went out for dinner the other night and um, she's always had a beautiful singing voice, but she literally posted um, on Instagram this morning, that very same thing. She's always, as a five-year-old, she wanted to become a singer and it just never really happened. And then um, she got Crohn's disease and was like, really ill. And as she was recovering, she was at home a lot and she started like a Twitch account and started like singing and she ended up meeting a producer in the UK and now they're going to drop an album this year. And she let me listen to a couple of the tracks and they're so beautiful. And it's like, I'm getting like goosebumps. Like literally the example that you gave, I read this morning and it's just like, that is the kind of stuff like there's so much more than we can like even imagine, um, as the sun's like blasting in, (laughs) but, um, there's so much more and there's so much that comes through healing and, you know, her illness. That's when she like realized like her dreams, like she could do this and she's got four kids. She's like 36 and she's finally doing what she wanted to do the whole time. And so I think there's just like so many inspirational stories like that and like yours and it's never too Mm -hmm. late. And there's always an ability to access, you know what I mean? Like the divine and, and self love and loving other people and following your dreams, listening to your intuition, like all the stuff that we're talking about. Um, it's limitless. And, um, I don't know, it just, it gives me such like joy to talk to people like you and and hear stories like that because there's enough negativity and stuff happening in the world, but there's so much more beyond just this physical realm. And the beauty is we are able to access the divine it's just, you have to be conscious to it, right? You have to try, you have to practice. Right. And you have to invite divinity into your life because we do have free will and our spirit guides, our ancestors, Mm -hmm. angels, God, the universe isn't going to violate that free will. Mm -hmm. So we can go down a path of self-destruction and egoism and individual grandiosity for as long as we want to. But once we reach that inevitable breaking point for a lot of us, it can be inevitable. Some people might not. And that's okay too. That's their soul's journey. Right. 
then that's when we are like, okay, universe, God, if you're out there, help me. Right. (laughs) And so you just have to ask and they will come. That's true. I believe in that. And that's like kind of the manifestation secret law of attraction, like ask, put it out there. It's possible. Um, and I know you, you know, uh, some stuff that you had written about yourself in your profile was about like um, manifestation, which is a huge thing that I talk about too. I believe it so much. And I think it's a yeah. huge part of a spiritual journey um, because you have to have a faith or a belief, belief that some of this stuff exists for you to be able to access it. And then once you do, it's kind of that nice affirmation that, okay, it does exist. And you start seeing it work in your life and other people's lives and um, have you had the ability to channel things in your work? Have things come through to you? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of channeling, I make it a constant practice for myself to be a clear channel. And when I'm working with clients one-on-one, I have to be a channel because I'm just a guide, right? And they're going on their own journey. So I'm holding space and I'm getting information from the divine, maybe from their higher self, from spirit guides to help guide the journey into whatever area of their psyche needs their attention and needs their healing and it's the person themselves who are healing themselves right because we call ourselves healers but really we're just guides we can't heal anybody people have to heal themselves and i love how you are bringing in manifestation as well because i think that there can be a little bit of confusion in the spiritual popular culture because spirituality is becoming a lot more mainstream Mm -hmm. in the in the concept of manifestation right that concept is blowing up within itself and i think the confusion is that we are also relegating that to the conscious realm Mm -hmm. we think okay if i visualize something if i say a bunch of affirmations then it's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. right and then when it doesn't we either continue to pacify ourselves with this false belief that what we're doing is going to someday work or maybe we give up and so what i've come to learn about manifestation is that it's not just our conscious thoughts that become things but our subconscious belief systems so every single thing that we have in our life is a product of manifestation the car that we drive the friends we have the house that we live in the job that we're doing it's all a reflection of our consciousness at its deepest level so when we go back to those core wounds that were imprinted on our subconscious that literally created the basis for our worldviews and the ways that we perceive and feel about ourselves, then we find that, okay, if I'm saying affirmations because I really want this dream job, but I'm not getting it, where is it in my psyche that there's a belief Mm -hmm. that I'm not even consciously aware of that I'm not worthy of this dream job, that this dream job could never actually happen for me, right? These are the deeper blocks that are preventing us from manifesting what we really want. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I also think um, we tend to think like, oh, like I want this car and then you don't get it and you get all like sad. It doesn't even have to be like positive things or like, um, you're also, like you said, if you're stuck in something or like bad things continue to keep happening to you, you might be manifesting that. So, you know what I mean? I think like subconsciously, wait, no, wait, let me think consciously. You could be like, I'm manifesting a car. Like you're aware of it. You're doing it. But then all these other things are happening. You're like, why is this happening to me? That's the stuff subconsciously that you're attracting and you don't even know that you're doing it. So I, I think, um, 
it's the law of attraction. It can happen each way. So I think a lot of people focus more on the like, I'm thinking this and it's not going to happen versus like, but like, why does this other stuff keep happening? Well, you're also attracting that and you're just not aware that you are. It starts with attitude, yeah. how you're treating other people, all kinds of different stuff, of course. But um, yeah, no, you said it really nicely. Yeah, thank you. And that right there is the implication of having our conscious mind and our subconscious mind distant from one another. And I have a really on point personal example of this, which is that I, as I mentioned, part of my story, I used to be in pretty toxic, abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. One of those relationships lasted four and a half years. Mm -hmm. There was emotional, verbal abuse, physical intimidation, physical abuse sometimes, right? The whole spectrum. And looking back on it now, I see that relationships are all mirrors, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever you perceive yourself to be treated a certain way by somebody else, it's because you're already treating yourself that Mm -hmm. way. And when I look back at that relationship, there was nothing that that partner was doing to me that I wasn't already doing to myself in some form or another. Like I even used to cut myself, right? Mm -hmm. And so really I I hated myself. I didn't like myself. Mm -hmm. And when I got out of that relationship, I was definitely happy to be out of it. And And I made the firm decision that I would never date another partner like that again. Right. And so after a few months, I did start dating again. And the next person who I met seemed to be the polar opposite of that person. They were very chivalrous, uh, very nice. They opened doors for me, bought me flowers, things that my previous partner never would have done. But after a little while of being in that courtship with that person, I also found out that they were lying to me, that they were kind of making me the side chick. Mm -hmm. And these things that were very hurtful upon realizing it. And what I didn't know at the time was that I didn't level up my self-worth. I didn't heal on a subconscious level and that I was manifesting a similar type of treatment, a type of treatment that matched my subconscious sense of self-worth, but that manifested in the physical realm as totally different. Mm -hmm. So it was the same stuff energetically it just seemed to be different right and so this is what we're always doing we're manifesting from our subconscious level of self-worth that's a perfect example and i've done it i have friends who've done it you know in the past when i was dating and just why am i keep attracting the same kind of person why am i why do i keep attracting this different you know this relationship's not working but it's like well you have to look within like it's, yes. it's within does it mean the other person's actions aren't wrong but right right you're attracting it in you're attracting them to be yeah. attracted they're attracted to you but you're also attracted to the wrong person it's law of attraction yeah. it's very like simple really when you break it down it's wild and that could happen in yeah. jobs like anything in life you keep finding yourself in these like hard moments so it's really important yeah. to pay attention to, for sure. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get out of those relationships and, and obviously yeah. like heal yourself. And Thank you. And I love how you said, um, you know, that it doesn't mean that the person's behavior wasn't wrong. And I would never want to make it sound like I'm putting the blame sure. on the person who is being abused or that I blame myself even. It's rather having the power to look back or look mm. out at your life from that objective lens sure. and just say, okay, what is it within me that is a match right. to what is being presented to me? And 
that's the, we're talking about shadow, right? And when people in our society who maybe are not aware of the law of attraction, they don't say like attracts like, they say the very popular phrase opposites attract. Mm. You've heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times they use that in relationships. Mm. Well, opposites attract. So no wonder your partner's nothing like you. But if we're looking at the shadow aspects of ourselves that we're not aware of and that we're not consciously displaying, we'll see that actually we attracted like energy because That's we attracted yeah. somebody who embodies all of those shadow aspects of ourselves. Yeah. It may be different. Like you may not be abusing them and they're abusing you, but you are actually hurting yourself, you know, through self-mutilation, other things like that. So it's like, no wonder, you know, it makes so much sense when you, when you do that, but you're right. Yeah. It, it may seem opposite, but I think if you look within, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Or like even, you know, somebody who hates to exercise and hates to go running or eat healthy might attract a partner who is all of those things. Right. right? And it's like, they're just representations of all the things you're suppressing mm, in yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Repression, suppression. You got to let it out. You got to let it out. Yeah. But it's painful and you have to be vulnerable with yourself and other people. And I know mm-hmm. I was, that's what I was, you know, when you shared your story, I'm like, thank you for being, for being so vulnerable. Like, I think that was what healed me. Like I was in a relationship before I met my husband and I was just like, you know, my thirties and I'm like, when am I going to meet someone? Like, I just felt so down. I've been dating so much and it took me a really long time to get out of the relationship. And, um, mm-hmm. I finally, for the, finally, after like years, I finally decided like, I am going to heal myself. I know I'm going to get true love. I talked about this in my manifestation episode, just like there wasn't any doubt anymore. The second I dropped the doubt and that's yeah. a big thing with manifestation. You have to drop the doubt. You have to believe it like in the core of your being and like every cell of your body and I just like was like the next relationship that I will be in seriously, it will be the person that I like my soul, you know, made or whatever you want to call it, like the one for me. And I'm I'm determined it's gonna happen. And I dated around, but I was like strong. I healed myself. And you know, the difference was I became super vulnerable. And I didn't date other people right away. Like I sat, have those lonely nights, be vulnerable. That is what truly allows you to get in touch with your like inner truth, your inner self. And like, what do I really want? And like to heal. And, um, I think vulnerability is such a beautiful thing Yeah, to sit in that. Like there's so much wisdom that you can like learn and being vulnerable, um, and sharing it with other people too, because it's so inspirational. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I want to congratulate you for doing that and just taking the time to be with yourself and show up for yourself first, instead of waiting for somebody else to come along and be that for you, which doesn't work. No, but it's kind of like what we're taught to do or just what comes natural. You just, you don't want to do the hard work, right? It's like, you're lonely and it's just easier to, like you said, like with other stuff, like substances or whatever, or relationships, like just always like numbing the pain or like covering it up or that's a big thing I think even just with right now like the great awakening or whatever term you want to use a lot of us are realizing that we just like numb out to like even like it can be something that's not like toxic but like well you could say it's toxic but like Netflix or like we're on our phones on social media all the time like we just are in a society where we can continually distract ourselves and yeah then you're not absolutely really yeah yeah we don't know how to be with our emotions right? with ourself <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It's because nobody ever taught us because nobody ever taught them. Right. And it's just a cycle that we are now having the privilege of being a generation who breaks it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Wow. Well, I feel like this is such an important topic and we're coming around close to the hour mark, but is there anything else that you want to share that's on your heart or that you're working on? Um, any, anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to share? 
Um, let's see. Well, I guess I would just expound a little bit on this idea of us having a conditional relationship with ourselves, which is what it means when we try to escape through Netflix or any other type of behavior that gets us away from ourselves, right? Is that we don't know how to be with ourselves because this is something I've thought about a lot is even when we go back to childhood, we trace our wounds back to childhood. We see that our caregivers were maybe so uncomfortable with sadness or anger that that becomes another thing that we suppress and reject and put into the shadows. And so as human beings, as spiritual beings, I believe that we all came here to experience the entire spectrum of human emotion. Mm -hmm. Human beings are innately emotional beings, but when we start cutting off part of that spectrum and labeling it as bad and undesirable, we start denying the very essence of who we are and how could that not result in dysfunction, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just want to leave that message with people. And also, you know, one thing you mentioned is it's very difficult. It's not the easy thing to do to, to sit with our feelings and to repeatedly make the decision to be with ourselves, even through all of the turmoil and the experiences that society has told us from the day we are born are wrong. Our emotions are made to be wrong, right? So knowing that it's not easy, just having that grace and forgiveness for yourself that it's okay. It's okay to, to try something and maybe not be successful at it, right? Maybe we try to not overeat today, but we ended up eating anyways, right? There's always a chance to try again tomorrow. And the more that we can view our lives through the lens of an experiment, what would happen if I started loving myself more? Mm. What would happen if I started observing my inner dialogue and said nicer things to myself instead of these mean things that I berate myself with all the time, right? Just viewing your lens through that life and or your life through that lens and taking some of the pressure off can be an incredible starting point. We all have to start somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I love, I love that because I've noticed that too in, in kind of where I'm at in my spirituality. It's like observing more. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that. Like that's a huge thing just to observe yourself, others, the world. You can learn so much by just stepping back and observing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part about consciousness, being conscious is observing something, right? Like being aware of it. Um, yeah. What a cool thing to be able to start doing. And when you realize that you're being the observer, that's like a whole nother layer of consciousness. Like you're conscious that you're conscious. <laughs> um, it's yeah. really, really cool. And I agree with you that um, I've heard that from some channelers that I've worked with too, that um, this is one of the, pl- I, I believe in all the crazy woo woo stuff, but I do believe different planets and different beings and stuff exist. And I do think um, different realms. I think the earthly realm is unique. Um, I've heard that other like heavenly realms don't, it's all like love based, but they don't have um, the same range of emotions that we have here. And uh, it's very unique experience to be able to be here and move through all those emotions. But again, like we live in a society where if you're not happy, you know, or you're sad, like that's bad. And it's like, no, like this is all part of the, the worldly yeah. experience. So 
Yeah. So embrace, embrace it. it. And remember in that moment, right. I chose to be here. Yep. I chose to have this experience right. and it's a gift. And that's, yeah. that's what I think it means to be enlightened, right? Mm. We have this idea that an enlightened person is someone who only experiences positivity, right. but an enlightened person is somebody who has stopped denying the negativity, yeah. somebody who embraces it all as a part of themselves and becomes free in the process. Yeah, it's very freeing. And I also, we're the ones that add meaning and attachment to this stuff too. It just is what it is, right? So yeah, um, I think too, like I've learned from COVID's obviously been hard for a lot of people. There's been a lot of like mm-hmm. death and um, I've known uh, some like acquaintances and stuff, there's been more death that I've noticed. Um, and it kind of teaches you like with grief, you might say grief is like a horrible, sad, bad feeling, but it's just, it's because you love something and it's gone. So if you really look at like, I don't know how to describe it, but all the feelings that feel so hard to move through, it's often because you're either not loving yourself or you feel like a loss of love, but that means that you loved that person or you love something that in itself is so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. grief is basically the loss of like the, like the present love or something like that. Like you feel like a loss of something. And so if you felt a loss that meant you loved and that's often like, that's so beautiful to me. If you can look at it in different ways, like these emotions often can be filled with love too. love yourself when you're going through grief, right? Like you can fill it mm-hmm. with love. You can fill hate with love. So there's always an opportunity um, to love more, love yourself. Like you said, show grace. And so yeah. Yeah. And I think that love is the inclusion of all things. Yeah. So how can you really know what love is if you don't have that heartbreak? Sure. That's true. As that's well, true. you know, yeah, that's true. it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I loved our conversation and, um, where can people find you if they want to work with you or like, are you on, on social media? If people wanted to follow you or a website or anything? Yes, absolutely. All of the above. Okay. So my website is chelseacora.com. I'm on Instagram at I am Chelsea Cora. I also have a podcast called the soulful self podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Instagram at the soulful self podcast. It's also on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts. The video versions are on YouTube, on Chelsea Cora YouTube channel. It's everywhere that podcasts are. So those are all available. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes so people can find you. Um, Well, it's a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you for your your story and the work that you're doing. Um, It's really important. And um, I really appreciate all the... um, the goodness that you're putting out there in the world. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah. And likewise, I so appreciate this podcast oh, and this platform, all the beautiful messages that you share from yourself personally and also the rest of the guests yeah. that you have on here. So it's been a privilege to be a part of it. Oh, thank you so much. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Be well. And you can find me on Instagram at Real Lauren Live and my website, Lauren.live. <laughs>